Welcome to the Library Service Safety and Security Podcast with Steve Albrecht. I am the very same Steve Albrecht, and this podcast is sponsored by Library 2.0 and produced by the founder of Library 2.0, Steve Hargadon. You can get more information about Library 2.0 at library20.com. So my topic for this half hour is about personal space. And I think about personal space having come back from some library trainings in Los Angeles and in New York where people out on the street and in various sundry places, airplanes, restaurants, uh, in the library, is crowded. And we think about your library, you may have a lot of people coming around you all the time. And personal space is something that's individual and unique to all of us. I've been thinking about the concept of personal space awareness in the workplace, especially in the library, a public space where people come around you in close proximity. Now, certainly space is a cultural issue. Certain cultures, uh, closeness means trust. Certain other cultures, closeness means you're in my way, you're in my face, you're in my space. It's kind of individual for the person, and regardless of what their cultural beliefs are, sometimes people are extroverted and and are really into um, um, people being around them and near them, huggy people, uh, folks that make physical contact that are very excited to be around you excited to be around their friends and and loved ones and and colleagues and whatnot. And then there are people that have a different perspective about space, which is um, get out of my space, get out of my face, you're too close to me. They find it physically intimidating. They find it kind of psychologically intimidating as well. And I want to think about kind of your own sense of personal space as a workplace safety issue, as kind of a security issue, and as a comfort issue in the library. Um, How close we let people get to us, whether it's colleagues, Uh, or bosses, but more accurately, uh, patrons, strangers, and perhaps patrons that you don't know, have never seen before, versus patrons that you do know, and maybe have a little bit of familiarity with you, and maybe feel too familiar with you. And certain people sometimes uh, lack what my dad calls social intelligence, which is their inability, their inability to read the room and say or do the right thing. If you look at social intelligence as being defined as doing the right thing, saying the right thing, whoever is around you, you certainly have different space uh, considerations, space issues, space requirements around strangers than you do would around close friends, people in your family, people that you know and and love and trust. So it's really an individual thing, but it's also a a sense of control that you want to have over your personal space. And in my training programs, I often talk about your ability to have the assertiveness necessary, male or female, to say to somebody, I I need a little bit more room and and actually put your hand up and back away and demonstrate to them because they're either doing it intentionally to violate your space or more likely unintentionally, they just don't realize that that they're in your personal space zone, what we call proxemics. Proxemics is that bubble around us that we all have that we let people into that bubble that we're, we're, uh, you know, uh, our, our colleagues, and coworkers is one level of, of space intimacy, and our loved ones, people, our spouse, partner, whoever is another. Uh, you, if you have kids or even pets, they're in your personal intimate space all the time. You're hugging on them, you're nuzzling them, you're kissing them, whatever. So when you think about proxemics, it's this bubble that kind of moves in and out of where you want it to be depending on who you're with. So in the workplace, some people... And this could be based on excitement, excitability, being excited about the situation, kind of anxious or, or not realizing what's going on. They violate your personal space. They may touch you. They may come into your personal zone. I think about, because I come from a workplace violence background, people in healthcare 
there are three different spaces that most human beings operate in all the time. One is social space, which is the distance we usually have with people that we sort of know or barely know or don't know at all. That's the social space that you have around people at the bus stop, at the train station, at the subway, at the, at the mall, when you're walking around in, in public, on the sidewalk, how close you get to somebody when you're passing by. The other one is personal space. That is somebody who can lean in and talk to you, whisper something to you, tell you something as, a, as an aside, and, and they come into your personal space to do that, and you feel fine about that. And then the other is intimate space. Intimate space is, is kissing, touching, uh, nuzzling. You know, you're, you're hugging somebody that you, that you know and love dearly, uh, like I do with my friends and my family, is that personal space. Well, let's go to healthcare and see where healthcare people are typically most often assaulted by people who are angry or on drugs or, 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 or drunk or fearful or a combination of all those things or experiencing severe mental illness because healthcare people, and this is obvious when you look at it, work in intimate space. They're looking in people's eyes and ears and various other bodily orifices. They're giving them injections. Um, they're touching their body in various places to try to figure out what's wrong with them. It's called palpating. Right, the doctor or the nurse or nurse practitioner palpates a part of your body to figure out what's broken or, or uh, bruised or whatever. So they work in that intimate space. And in that close proxemics zone, we tend to have a lot of assaults, a lot of attacks on staff. If you ask people that work in healthcare, they will tell you frightening, horrible stories, which they sort of do in a nonchalant way, which always surprises me. They will tell stories about being assaulted by patients or even patients' family members, because they are working in intimate space, and sometimes they cause pain to those people. Think about your dentist. Uh, he or she probably has said this phrase to you at some point in time. You're bound to feel a little pressure here. Uh, as they put this needle into your gums, you're going to feel a little, a little, a little pinch, a little pressure. <clears throat> Think about those uh, healthcare uh, situations where you've been in, where you've had some sort of invasive examination, or they've done something involving needles or sutures, or having to give you a, an injection for pain prior to doing something, they'll use that phrase pressure. And it's a social space, uh, intimate space invasion. Now it's necessary and it's, it has to happen, but sometimes people in the healthcare environment really get stressed out when they are touched, uh, even in a caring, you know, life-saving, medically appropriate way by healthcare providers. So think about not only proxemics as that bubble around you, but kind of the outward-facing piece of that, especially in the workplace, is what I would call spatial awareness. Spatial awareness is you are cognizant of people around you in the work environment as you pass. So you're walking from the front of the building, the entrance to the building, to your desk in the, in the back office in the library. Who do you pass along the way? How close do people get to you? And more accurately, with Spatial awareness, how cognizant are you of people being around you, especially to the side of you and, and certainly behind you? I would argue that, that one of my strengths as a human being wandering around is that I have really, really good spatial awareness. People don't surprise me. I'm rarely startled by people. They don't come up on my blind side. They don't come up on me in a way that I don't already know or have seen. I would sort of define the opposite of that as somebody who's easily startled somebody who doesn't recognize when someone comes up on them quickly. Um, they, they, they come into their personal space or that proximic barrier and they're, and they're shocked by it. it. It creates a sense of stress for them. Um, you know, when I came out of my world in security, we think about and talk about, especially when it comes to this issue, of, of the sort of phrase from law enforcement and from the military, which is have your head on a swivel. 
and the, and the military uses a phrase which says, watch your six, which is the area behind you. If you look at a clock, at 12 o'clock being in the front of you as you stare at the, the clock, six o'clock would be behind you. So there's a phrase that military people use all the time called watch your six or watch my six. So when you think about this head on a swivel perspective, it's not that you have to walk around in circles all the time, not that you have to turn around like a, like a spinning top all the time, but that you are paying attention to who is around you, who is approaching you, who may be standing near you or walking near you or coming up to you with the intent or desire to speak to you is as a safety issue. And I look at this, especially as a man, and I, I'm hoping that uh, if you think about how men sometimes violate space of other people, both in a bullying way or also in an aggressive way or an overly assertive way, that you pay attention to the warning signs that we'll talk about. And as a woman, if you think about uh, the men around you who may unintentionally uh, come into your space, not realizing that it violates your space, that you have to kind of put them on notice. And whether it's a patron or it's a coworker, sometimes you just have to say, that's too close, and back up and, and get back the space that you need. I have seen, and I guess this is my fault in the old days, uh, where people would use my suggestion to say, I'm sorry, I need a little bit more space and then actually physically back away from a patron. And, and somebody said to me, you know, why am I apologizing for getting my space back? And I said, you're actually, actually, absolutely right. This is actually something you should not apologize for. You should just say, I, I need my space. And this should be something that somebody accepts as being appropriate for you because everybody has a different perspective of what space is for them. Some people are quite gregarious and, and extroverted and just love people and get a lot of human energy, which is, you know, some small part, portion of library folks. Um, don't mind when people are around them and don't mind this, this, sometimes this kind of space invasion piece. If you're like me and I'm an introvert trapped in an extrovert's job, I have a real problem with people that violate my space without my permission. People that I love and care about it is fine for them to come into my, my personal or so intimate space, but people I don't know, I don't allow this to happen. And so not only do I have my head on a swivel, but I also have this sense of, as I mentioned, spatial awareness. So if you have good spatial awareness, it means that you can kind of see not only around you at a, at a distance, but also what's coming up and even on your blind side, what's coming up behind you and things like that. So you're not startled by people that come up to you. And I would say that when it comes to this concept of safety and space and personal comfort and lowering your anxiety about who comes around you in a public space, whether it's on the streets or in the library environment in the facility, that you really raise your level of, of spatial awareness so that you're paying attention to who is coming on around you. I'm reminded of a story. Um, this spatial awareness thing for me is so concrete that I am very cognizant of people who jostle into me or bump into me. Uh, a friend of mine is a stage uh, show pickpocket, a guy I know who has had a long career in Las Vegas and other places being a pickpocket. And it's amazing what he can steal off of people. He takes ties off of men's collars. He can take jewelry from around a woman's neck. He takes wristwatches off of people. It's amazing to watch him work. Well, obviously, the way he gets close enough to do all these things is he has to touch people. And the other thing is he uses a lot of distraction techniques. So he may jostle into somebody and then with his other hand remove the person's wallet or watch or whatever it happens to be. Well, I remember that I was in an airport once, I think it was in Dallas or somewhere, and I had to go to the restroom between flights. And I went in there, and a guy, as I was coming away from washing my hands, a guy just plowed right into me. And there was nobody else around, and there was plenty of space on his side and my side to go around me. And then he sort of cursed to me like I had bumped into him intentionally, which I did not. 
I have really good spatial awareness and I actually tried to sidestep it and the guy just plowed right into me. The first thing I did was put both of my hands over my, my two wallets. Uh, I have a wallet in each back pocket and, and I covered up those because I thought this guy's a pickpocket. And so when we look at professional pickpockets, they oftentimes work in teams and there's some pretty cool videos out there of these guys doing these things on YouTube and you can watch some of the stage show uh, Vegas uh, folks as well is that there's oftentimes a bump which is followed by the person getting into your purse or backpack or wallet or whatever or pocket or whatever happens to be so this sense of personal space awareness and spatial awareness for me <clears throat> is also not only a safety and security thing but it's how i keep my possessions and so i'm cognizant of the fact that sometimes when people bump into you what seems like a quote accident is actually a distraction technique where they or somebody else may try to be a pickpocket so not that we're suspicious of everybody but it seems sort of odd that someone would plow into me in a, in a restroom where there was plenty of space on either side so that's part of the issue for me for personal space is, is not only safety, but to keep my belongings in place. And then the other is, is that, you know, can we look at this spatial awareness and avoid collisions by just being a little bit more deft on our feet, a little bit more light on our feet? So one of the things I think I'm pretty good at for, you know, being a guy that's been a weightlifter and not exactly the, the most, you know, agile guy in the world is my ability to sidestep and to, to step away and to anticipate collisions and to buffer them by either putting my hands up or stepping to the side so that somebody doesn't actually plow into me. And I think sometimes people, you know, you see this, you know, let's say you're standing behind somebody at an ATM machine or you're standing behind somebody at a coffee shop and you're standing behind somebody at, at the library and they come away from the counter and they're distracted by their cash or their coffee or their books or whatever it is and they plow right into you. They, they bump right into you. And so this type of a lack of of spatial awareness is is their their problem and sometimes you have to be more kind of light on your feet and a little faster to be to get out of the way so they don't bump into you because these these collisions can be painful a person's carrying heavy sharp you know objects or they're physically larger than you so you've got to say how can i get out of the way of these things before it happens i've got to pay better attention because sometimes and i go back to this larger issue that people are not good listeners oftentimes people don't have a real good sense of the world around them you see this at the, at the grocery store. If you are uh, living in a city that most of us have some kind of large uh, uh, store like a Sam's Club or a Costco or something like that, one of these warehouse stores, it could be a Home Depot or a, a, um, a Lowe's or something like that. Oftentimes people push their carts, and grocery store is the perfect example, looking at everywhere but ahead of them. And they'll plow into you, or they'll hit the back of your ankles, they'll hit the back of your calves, they'll hit the side of you with the shopping cart because they're not paying attention. So I know that, you know, people don't do this on, a, on an intentional basis. Hopefully none of them do. But the idea that we have to be a little more aware and faster on our feet and a little more agile just makes me think about how the fact that most people don't pay attention to the space around them. And let's hope that if they do plow into, they at least have the courtesy to do apologize. But I've been in lots of situations where they've acted like it was my fault because they're embarrassed and they bumped into me and, and they, they want to yell at me. So when I think about the best way to avoid these things, it is to have this sense of proxemics and spatial awareness and this head on a swivel so you can figure out what's the best way for me to avoid these collisions with people as they're wandering around, distracted by their phones. And you've seen this a million times, right? People looking at their phones instead of their, their path. Uh, they veer into your way. They do this on the highway, right? They veer into your, into your lane from the highway because they're looking at, at their phones. How do you use that same sense of sort of collision avoidance on the highway that we do in a, in a public place or in our workplace like in the library. So as I said, one of the 
concerns I have about assertiveness, and this could be a male or female issue, but I've oftentimes seen it with women, is this sense of being embarrassed about asking for their space back. I'm sorry, I need a little bit more room. And I'm, I'm telling you, don't apologize. Just take back the room you need and actually say it. I, I need a little bit more space and hold up your hands and indicate the distance that you need. If the person thinks that's rude, then you just say, you know, I have a, I have a thing about personal space. It's no reflection on you, or it actually is. Uh, it's just something that I, I need to feel more comfortable. What were you saying? And then move on. Um, the other thing that's kind of related to that is how do we set space boundaries with people? Think about patrons, even coworkers, that are huggers. Uh, you may see somebody that, that you, know, you haven't seen for a long time who you barely know, and they're so excited to see you that you know, they're, they're sort of a colleague or a, an acquaintance, not really a friend, right? You haven't been to their house or anything like that, and they, they come over and give you this big hug. Now, things have kind of changed as a result of the pandemic. We're not shaking hands as much. We're not hugging perhaps as much. Uh, kissing people on the cheek is, is out uh, due to the pandemic, things like that. But when you look at this physical space, there are people that want to touch you because they think it's the appropriate social thing to do. Maybe it's from their culture. Maybe it's from their background. Maybe it's how they were raised. Maybe they think it's a, a, a gesture of endearment towards you. But if it bothers you, block it. If it bothers you, don't step in and, and let them touch you. If it bothers you, just put out your hand and say, oh, oh I'm okay. Let, let's shake hands or something like that. And Maybe it's an awkward moment, but it, it keeps you away from that physical contact that most people don't want to have, which is kind of against their will. So I look at that perspective as the people that are well-meaning and, and are trying to do something which they think is kind of a friendly gesture, as opposed to those people who are actually trying to be bullying and trying to even sort of knock you over or, or take over your personal space with their physical space. And that's a different person completely. I think you have to go back to the awareness piece and to read their body language and to look at their kind of previous uh, uh, encounters with you or previous encounters with other staff members. Do these types of patrons have kind of that bullying, bravado, aggressive uh, style? Could be male or female. People that, that just come in and sort of take over the room. Uh, I was on a, a flight uh, coming back from the East Coast uh, this week and um, this woman came into the uh, area, which is very small on this plane, uh, waiting for the restroom, and she wanted to talk to the flight attendant, so she just, she just bowled right past me, just, just bumped right over into me, <clears throat> kind of knocked me over, and didn't say anything, just went on about her business and wanted to talk to the flight attendant. I think, you know, men and women, some of them have that approach, which is, I, I need to go do my thing, I need to go talk to somebody, and you're in the way. Uh, you know, there's no, excuse me, can I come through, or sorry, is there any space, or let me, let me pass, or I'll wait till you come out. She just came on through, and I think there are people who are like that. I don't think you can do anything about it in the aftermath and other than, you know, cause a scene and say, hey, you bumped into me, are you going to apologize? That's, that's not very useful. I think you have to pay attention to your sense of space and just anticipate that people don't perhaps say, have the same sense that you do if you need more space, then I think you have to ask for it and be assertive about it and not apologize or just back up and say nothing. But the message to them through your body language should be, I need more space. When we look at chronic touchers, people that are hugging or more likely, perhaps in a library environment, there are people based on either their culture or their, their way of, of seeing the world or how they were raised that they may touch you to make a point. So they could tap you on the chest um, which, you know, sometimes males do to other males. <clears throat> they could tap you on the shoulder. They could, um, you know, try to touch your hand and, and hold your hand while they're trying to make some emphatic point. And I've seen all these things and perhaps so have you. 
So if that's not something that you want to tolerate, you don't have to. And so we're all about boundaries and whether the boundaries are for harassment prevention or for hate speech or for physical contact that's not appropriate. I think you have to be a assertive, but also be aware that sometimes people may have these these physical contact sort of habits or or characteristics in their personality, which you have to get ahead of and say, this person is not going to come over and touch me. I'm going to step back. I may use a proximic barrier. And we talk about proximic barriers in my training all the time. Those could be desks or shelves, half shelves, half carts or carts, things like that. Tables, uh, chairs, desks that you put between you and the other person. If that's necessary to say, I'm going to maneuver myself. If this person comes over towards me with a full head of steam, they could be angry, could be excited, could be anxious could be upset about something where they want to make physical contact with me because that's what they do. I'm not going to allow that to happen. I think if you look at certain people who are chronic touchers and, and they do it, they may hold your elbow when they, they want to talk to you about something or they, they may touch some part of your body to make a point, tapping or poking or something like that. It's usually a pretty aggressive gesture. And, and, and these days, especially after the pandemic, there should be better awareness that this is not what people want to tolerate, not what they want to have around them. So I think you may have to warn chronic touchers, please don't touch me. Uh, you can't touch me in any way. Um, it, 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 and sometimes I use the phrase, we don't allow that here. It's against our policy. And I use that for certain situations where you want to take yourself out of being the person that has to put them on notice. And you can simply defer and say, this is what the, you know, our work culture has created is, we, you know, you're not allowed to curse at me. It's against our policy to curse at me. It's against our policy to touch me. I kind of like to use that as kind of a deferring way. So the person may say, hmm, okay, well, maybe it's not personal. Maybe it is just policy, but it's an easy way for you to kind of sidestep the issue without having to feel like uh, they're going to get hurt feelings. I don't care about their feelings as much as I care about my personal space. You should too. So when I look at the things that we're talking about, I think it goes back to a sense that people are different and you may be different in terms of what you want to tolerate and you don't have to tolerate any kind of uh, personal physical space invasions. You don't have to tolerate being touched, especially by people that you don't know that violate your personal or intimate space by coming close to you. Uh, you know, the hugging person, the person that wants to touch some part of your body with a, a fingertip to, to make an emphasis point, you don't have to tolerate that at all. And I think you have to look at those situations and say, what is this person's usual pattern in terms of how they encounter me or my colleagues? Uh, should I speak to my boss about this if I need to get some help if this is a recurring uh, behavior, which does not stop? Uh, should I share this information with my colleagues and say, you know, there's a woman that comes in or a guy that comes in and he or she does this thing where they touch or violate my space. Have you had the same experience? And you can share about some things that may be useful for both of you, the, your colleague and you, to, to get better understanding of the situation, get better control of the situation, and take back that physical space ownership that you need. So it's been an interesting kind of a perspective for me to think about how I look at library space. And sometimes we have busy libraries. And I was just at a library last week where as I finished the training program, they were opening the doors at 2 o'clock. We, we had went all, all day with the training program from 8 to 2. And the library is going to open up later at 2. And there was just, just hundreds of people outside, seemed like hundreds to me, wanting to come inside this very large library, multi-story library. And they just came pouring in. And they, they went past the staff and past each other. And, and they were all you know, very intent on getting to their laptop or their, uh, their uh, uh, internet computers, their desktop computers, or some part of the library they want to go to, or the furniture they like, the chairs they like the best. And they just came in in, in kind of a, a big movement. So 
I think about the space issue in terms of you know not getting in the way of that kind of um, uh, intense movement by a crowd. But also, if we break that down to the to the one-on-one level, are there people that use physical space? Either their physical size is kind of a bullying thing or an intimidation thing or as a way to control the conversation or to control this other person that they want to talk to or somehow intimidate. And we have to be, pay careful attention to that. Also, in terms of your boundaries, know that most people are not good readers of personal space and oftentimes will do things unintentionally because they're so distracted by what they're holding in their hands or what they're looking at, paperwork, phones, coffee cups, whatever and they will just unintentionally run into you. So that head on a swivel, that spatial awareness part for your everyday interaction with people coming to work, uh, at work and leaving to work, can be good for your peace of mind and, and to help you feel more in control of the environment that you're in. So that's my conversation today. Thanks to the producer of the Library Service Safety and Security Podcast, Steve Hargadon. For more information about Steve Hargadon and me, uh, visit the Library 2.0 website at library20.com. Until next time, I'm Dr. Steve Albrecht. Thanks for listening to the podcast.